Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Let's get ready to rumble! Morrell takes the ball, looking inbound, loops it far up court for George, who catches it, turns around, shoots, and he got it! Welcome, Husky Nation, to another edition of the Gamble Grind Podcast. I'm Steven Sanzari. He's Ben Dizonier. And, well, it's been kind of a while since we've talked. It's been probably, I don't know, four or five months since we've last talked. And it's, uh, it's kind of been a strange four or five months. But here we are. It's July 1st, and UConn is officially back in the Big East or joining the new Big East, depending on who you are. And it's, it's, it's exciting times. It's, it's strange times in the world, but it's exciting times for UConn athletics. And uh, let's see what you, what do you got to say, Ben? It's obviously exciting times for UConn and happy that they're headed back to the big East for sure. I would say number one, coming back on the pod after the last few months, I want to make, I want to explain to everybody exactly what happened and why we kind of went radio silent in the middle of the season. We, there are some good reasonings here. So we basically decided that, UConn went on a little bit of a losing streak when we, we had some momentum going with the pod and we had a couple of pods in a row where Steven and I both felt we were being a little too negative and you know, things weren't, things weren't looking good. And it's one of those things we didn't want to turn people off because we were being too negative. And I think we were both as diehard fans getting really frustrated. And um, we decided that we were going to take a break for a week and then, Another week went by, and they lost another two more games. And another week went by, and then all of a sudden they won. They finally won. I believe it was at Tulsa. They were like ten and eight or ten and nine. They won at Tulsa, first road win of the year. And we talked about maybe we should do a pod to recap that. And I was like, you know, let's just see how things go, or whatever. And um, so we we did, and I believe that uh, they they followed that up. Um, that win in Tulsa with an, a big win over Cincinnati in overtime. And we was like, all right, now let's get back into it. It was like, well, now they've won two in a row, so we can't break tradition. And, you know, they went, they went on to win, I mean, what was it, nine of their last 11 games to end the season. And they were playing so well and, you know, being superstitious that we were, we, we just decided to let it roll and we didn't get the pods going. We actually had plans to record – the night before the AAC tournament started and we went to go record that night. And while that happened was when the first uh, straw dropped and I believe it was the ACC tournament was announced that they were canceling because of the coronavirus. And I I vividly remember that. I remember being like, all right, well let's wait and see what happens tomorrow because we don't want to record this whole thing and drop it. And then all of a sudden they don't play. And sure enough, next morning, um, along with basically every other major conference and pretty much every conference in the country, um, the American Athletic Conference 
they uh, canceled their postseason tournament and UConn season was over. And uh, we basically, you know, so that it, it didn't record, nothing happened, and then everything's been going on in the last few months with coronavirus. But we felt like that uh, this this uh, July 1st re-entry into the Big East was a good chance for us to get back into it a little bit, and I'm excited to be back. You know, Ben, the best part of that whole story was uh, that's the last time you're ever going to talk about Tulsa and Tulane when we're talking about UConn basketball because it's over. We're finally out of this nightmare that is the American Athletic Conference, and we have finally we have real opponents to play. We have real basketball to be played, and it's going to be very, very exciting coming, you know, coming up. And I guess we'll wrap up with the AAC talk. We, we will go right into which teams are you going to miss the most in the American, Ben? Which teams are you going to miss the most? Absolutely none of them. <laughs> no, nah, I'm just kidding. But actually, not really. So I'm not going to miss anybody. I'm not going to miss any of them. The only ones that I will have decent memories of, like, I don't know, I guess having something to do with the game I, is I, I always enjoyed the fact that I thought the Cincinnati UConn thing, they were always good. We, we always had a good banter with them, especially the first couple of years. We seemed to always get them in the postseason and they would get us in the regular season. And as things went south for us um, towards the end of our tenure, it wasn't as competitive, but I guess them and maybe Memphis cause they became interesting at the end. But really other than that, I, I just I'm not gonna miss any of it, and I don't even want to spend any more time talking about that because, you know what, we're moving on, and uh, as far as uh, I'm concerned, uh, UConn hasn't changed conferences since 1979. Yeah, I'm, that's the way I feel about it too. Even though if you ask some UConn fans, they'll tell you they'll tell you we're re-ent- or we're going back to the Big East, or if you talk to certain Big East fans, we're going back to the Big East instead of staying in the same conference or whatever. It's all that 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 you know junk talk or whatever, but. Nonetheless, we're going to finally be in a conference that is going to have second weekend teams, NCAA tournament teams, which is something UConn fans haven't seen in a long time. I mean, besides Houston last uh, last season, there's been no no good teams coming out of the American when it comes to March Madness and the tournament. So, But now we look ahead at the Big East. It's here. We're in the Big East. And the Big East isn't the same as we left it, obviously, it's been talked about many times. There's no Syracuse. There's no Pittsburgh. There's no Louisville. Um, the list goes on, West Virginia. But nonetheless, it's still a great conference. It's still, in my eyes, a power conference when it comes to basketball. And, you know, you still have the old teams, like you have the Providences. You have St. John's, Seton Hall, Villanova, uh, you know. And then and then there's these new, these new guys in town. You have the Creighton. You have Butler. You have uh, Xavier. And... We look at these teams, Ben, of all those new teams, which ones uh, excite you the most that UConn's going to be able to play? I, I'm really looking forward to playing um, Xavier, I think, out of those three, just because like we had that little fun game in um, Charleston this year, and I think the fan base is kind of like, I've kind of had a fun, healthy banter so far, and we both like picking on Cincinnati, and but in, in general, it's just, it's it's nice to be back and aligned with schools that have the same um, competitive interests as us, like basketball first. And I, I'm looking forward to playing in a conference that it, it statistically and metrically is, has been 
one of the top three best basketball conferences in America, basically since uh, the end of the old Big East, since this new new Big East conference um, alignment has started. And I just think that UConn's just going to continue to add to that footprint and going to make them become more attractive as far as uh, teams and opponents and adding a huge fan base to a bunch of schools that are, are driven and focused on making this the best basketball conference there is in the country. For me, I, I mean, I'm excited to play Xavier and, and stuff, but the team that sticks out to me is Creighton. I don't know. There's something about watching Creighton. It's, it's fun. You know, they shoot threes. They, they play a fun style of play. And then on top of it, you got 20,000 people a game at their, at their, at their home games. That's, that's insane. You know, these are, it, they're like, they have like NBA sized crowds watching college basketball and what is it, Nebraska? It's, I don't know. It's just that that tool sticks out to me the most. It just the idea of Creighton is just kind of weird because it's like a nut. It, you really didn't think much of Creighton before, but you know, in these what seven eight years in the Big East, they've they've had great players. They've had they've had uh, great teams. It's just I don't know. They to me they kind of stick out as an interesting team for UConn to play. Being that they're like the one geographic outlier of this. I think that they often get forgotten about. It's one of those things they talk about, like, you know, teams on the West Coast don't get seen as much, um, and you don't get talked about them as much. And I feel like they kind of fall into that because they've sneaky been, probably after Villanova, the second most successful team in the Big East overall year to year uh, since it's the new Big East inception. And I, I am excited about being able to play those teams. And I, I know that that they're known to have really passionate fan base and coach McDermott has always been able to get great talent. And he was, he was criticized at first because he, he got his son, Doug, who was obviously one of the best players in the country um, at the time. But, and he was, he's still been able to get consistently really good talent coming in uh, ever since he left. And he's proven that he's truly one of the great coaches in this league. I think that's another aspect that is really underrated about this conference. Basically, every single coach from all these teams in the Big East are respected and is known as being a um, is known as just basically being a really good coach. Whether they're a really good recruiter, really good in-game coach, they they're all big names. There's nobody that's like trying to prove themselves. Like they've all proven themselves. They're all really household names for for their teams and their schools yeah and what's interesting with uh, coach mcdermott is there was an article i don't know maybe a couple of weeks ago in the in the current or the reg i think it was the current it was a Damamore piece and he talked about how they're like the outlier like you said and they're kind of by themselves geographically but he's like he, he didn't complain about it because he's like listen we travel to the east coast and we're we're picking up an hour when we're coming back home so we're not time wise it's not it's not really hard you know traveling and that's something that kind of hurt UConn in the american is you'd be you know flying these you know four or five hour flights and then you're losing time you know you don't gain you don't gain the hour you're losing two hours if you're going to texas or an hour i forget if was, was texas an hour or two hours i think it depends on where you are in texas i could be wrong but yeah but i mean like to me, it's like there's no excuses with with Coach McDermott. He's like, he's like, listen, we want to play in the best league. We're playing, you know, we're playing great basketball, and it's it's worth it. Like, I don't know. I just felt like for UConn, they were going out to play nobodies, and 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 you know, not to be offensive to those teams, but it's it just not. It wasn't. It just didn't fit. 
but for for a team like Creighton, it just it seems they've made it work and they've had they've had success these uh, past six seven years. What is one thing as far as that from the old Big East that you remember, um, whether it was like a player or a team or something that uh, you're you're hoping that it, coming back to the Big East that you, is going to be able to rekindle. Um, I know, like for me, for example, I. I think about like how hated the rivals were, you know, like you just butted heads with these teams and these fans and everything was like a big game. There were a lot of rivalry games and I feel like we missed a lot of that because there was Mm -hmm. no geographic rivals in the AAC. But for you, what's one thing that sticks out in your mind that you think that um, you would like to see come back that was a part of the old league? I mean, obviously, you know, you know, restarting up some of those rivalries with like Villanova, St. John's and, and Providence. But one thing that sticks out to me in the Big East, and I don't know if this this goes along with the question, but is playing a team like I know we've been playing Villanova and in, in home and homes. And then we had the neutral site at Madison Square Garden. But what what I miss most about it is you have Villanova, who has been uh, at the top of the Big East and they've won two national championships and they've been this great success story. But it's going to be fun competing with them in this league and trying to knock them off the top. Like you didn't have that in the American, you know, you had teams like Cincinnati and Houston that were good. Right. But you never had that like top five team in the nation that you want to go and you want to just, you want to win. You want to go on the road and just steal a win and, and just, you know, go up in the standings and stuff like that. You just, you don't, you just didn't have an attachment to any of these teams. You didn't have an attachment to, I know we had some some previous battles and we played with them in the Big East with Cincinnati, but like Houston, I, I mean, they were good. And uh, Samson has done a great job with that program, but you just never had that like old school Big East feel where it's like, I hate you. And I want I want to take, you know, first place away from you. I want to I want to move up in the standings and knock you down and cost you seating in the tournament. Like I, you just don't. That's what I kind of like miss the most about the Big East and and also watching games like I feel like when we go get into the Big East now, you're going to be watching Big East games on Fox religiously, just trying to see what what every team's about and see how they're going to match up with UConn. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. But the one another thing that I just think about, especially with the format that this Big East now in the old Big East, you know, they didn't play the full round robin because there's too many teams. I love how we're playing the full round robin twenty games. We play all those other ten schools twice. This allows and makes for defending your home court to be of the utmost support importance. You know, you get every team if you if you defend your home court against every team. Right down the middle, that's 10 wins right away. And it's a lot of great NCAA tournament resume building wins. And, you know, you go on the road, you try to steal a couple games, like you said, in some of these great atmospheres. But it's not as easy to do when some of these teams, like you said, are in the top top 15, top 10, top 5 in the country. It's, it's harder to go on the road and go get a W. As we've seen the last couple of years with UConn, they've struggled going on the road. It's only going to get more difficult playing in better atmospheres and, you know, bigger crowds, better teams, you know, everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that's that's fair. But I, I just think that UConn is going to fare better in, on the road this year is because the travel is just not as bad. Like, I know some people say, oh, the travel, you know, you can't blame it on that. But I honestly do believe that affects the team. And it, it takes a toll on a team like UConn that's traveling, you know, to so many different states and and they show the map of how far each team is from each other and how far away they are from Dickie's arena or whatever. 
And I, I don't know. I just think that, you know, you're traveling to Providence on a bus or you're traveling to, to St. John's on a bus or Seton Hall. That's just, it's just not as much toll on the team. And I think you're just going to get a better product from UConn going forward and, and on in these road games. It's definitely something to think about, but I, I also attribute it to the fact that like in college sports, travel is a little different. Like if you're on the road in the NBA and you play in a, a crazy city, right? Like you still stay over in that city. You fly out the next day. You know what I mean? So you can get like good night's sleep, like everything tries to stay as normal as it can in college. They play a game at seven game ends, nine, nine 30. They do uh, media or whatever. They're out of there by like 10, 30, 10, 45. They got to go to the airport, get on the plane, fly home. They're flying multiple hours home. You're talking about getting back to the, getting back to campus at like two, three, four in the morning, then having to get up for class at like eight, nine, 10 AM. I mean, I get that these guys are, are, um, they're, they're students first, but that would take the toll on literally anybody to have to deal with a schedule like that. And yes, they're young, but I mean, it's only going to help them and benefit them. The fact that many of these bus trips and even the ones where they do have to take planes, they're shorter flights and they're better start times. They won't be on like Sunday nights. They're going to be a lot more Saturday games, a lot more seven o'clock tips instead of nine o'clock tips. I believe the Big East even does some six o'clock tips on FS1. So I believe they do. I think they do six thirty. Yeah. So I, I think that in general, the the timing and everything, travel, all that's going to be better. I mean, obviously, financially, it makes more sense. But just the fact that I think we're going to be have more continuity in terms of teams showing up. The player team won't be jet lagged, and uh, hopefully that trends into uh, better play on the court as well. And another thing is too, you're playing, you're playing teams that actually have fans, like no offense to some of these schools, but you go to Tulane, it's a high school gym. I mean, you probably find bigger high school gyms in Connecticut and, and there's no fans there. There's no Yukon fans there because who, who's going to travel all the way to new Orleans or whatever. But now, now you get, you know, people going to be going on the train, going to New York, going to Madison square garden. They'll be going to the Prudential center, the rock and in, in uh, New Jersey and then the dunk, I mean, it's just you. I think they're just going to be more pumped up to play in front of a big crowd. I, I, I think, I think going into an empty gym is just kind of like uh, depressing for the team, and they just are not as pumped up. And maybe, maybe the other team is pumped up because they're playing UConn. As, as much as we've struggled in the American, we're still a name brand. I'm not trying to be cocky or anything, but it just is what it is. You and, say and, what it is. Yeah, I mean that's just that's just fact. Yeah, I, I and I think that I think that I 100 percent believe that factors into everything and i mean it's not it's not the, the only reason why they've sucked the last couple of years but i i think it does kind of play a big a big part of that one thing that goes goes kind of along with this that's going to change just like you said um with like tulane as your example they play in a tiny gym not a lot of fans even like in the early years when uconn was good and like coming off of a national championship in 2015 like they go in there it's a high school gym. It barely holds anybody. And you know, they're not, they're not even selling it out. It's like, it's almost an embarrassing to like play in a league like that because it just, it isn't up to the standard with UConn, but that's not the case in the big East outside of DePaul, every gym and every uh, arena that they play in is going to be loaded. It's going to be a tough atmosphere. It's going to be, there's no easy W's. And even DePaul, we saw some sparks this year when 
they were they start got off to that great start. I think they were like ten and zero or eleven and zero. And Wintrust Arena was packed. So it, it all comes with the winning there in Chicago. But basically everywhere else, even when the teams aren't are struggling and not playing very well, I mean Butler, Xavier, uh, Creighton, Villanova, Providence. I mean these are great places to play college basketball and. Hurley mentioned many times during the year that teams, they would tend to have slow starts in places like Tulsa or Tulane or where there wasn't much juice in the gym. And I I just think that they're going to be more ready to go in the beginning of games because they're going to be playing in atmospheres they're more accustomed to, just like Gamble and the XL Center, et cetera. I mean, you just look at last season, right? We played at Villanova. They played great in that game. They were in that game. It wasn't like some of these games where they go to Cincinnati or or Cincinnati's not a great example, but you go into uh, Tulsa or Tulane and they have s- slow starts. I mean, those teams are not nearly at the level as Villanova, but yeah, here's UConn and they're fighting with Villanova and they're, you know, they're competing with them and they're a top 25 team. I mean, it, it clearly, it clearly is, is just a huge difference for this team and it, and it shows. I mean, I got I have the numbers pulled up here. The Big East was fourth in attendance in 2019. They averaged uh, 10,000 fans per game. I mean, the AAC averages just over what 6,500. So I mean, th- that's that's huge difference. And, and I'm sure we we carry a lot of the weight, and some of the top schools carry the weight for attendance. But that's not that different in terms of like leagues. But I'm just saying in, in the Big East, like because there's some arenas that are bigger than others, like and. Like I know, like Butler's arena is a lot smaller than um, Creighton, for example. But the the atmospheres in both those places are just so intimidating. It's sold out. The fans are rabid, and they're they're just like they're ready. You know what I mean? Like when they get there, they're swing at you. Like they know they got everyone coming in their gym once. Like if UConn's on top, or if Villanova's on top, or even if they aren't, it's like every year they're coming. That's the date that's circled on their calendar. Like. In the AAC, like, yeah, it might have been that way for some fans, but they really didn't show it. Like, they, other than Cincinnati, Memphis, and I don't know, Wichita State, but even that, they, they came at the end. And when they weren't playing well, it, 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 the juice wasn't there, you know? And uh, but there just wasn't good crowds and good atmospheres, and they weren't excited. It wasn't an exciting event to go on the road. Like, I can't wait to travel to some of these road games and see some of these new arenas, especially the the new teams. Mm-hmm. All right, so we talked about the new teams uh, a couple of segments ago. Now, what old teams are you looking most forward to playing? So I'm going to have to say probably Providence, number one, as much as that pains me to say. But <laughs> um, just because Ed Cooley's got them, they're so much better than they were when we left. I mean, they're so much better. And even when we left, we, we had good games with them. They always played us tough, like – we usually had better teams. I mean, we always had better teams, but uh, they, they're a good program now. And, I mean, obviously they're still not the stature of a UConn, but they're, they're definitely more improved and they've established themselves as being a, a gritty team in this league. And they're tough to win on the road at the dunk. And multiple people have told me that the dunk has become a really tough place to play. So I'm looking forward to going to see some games at the dunk and, I'm looking forward to playing the Friars probably as more than more so than the other teams, but it, teams like Providence and Seton Hall and even St. John's at the end that like struggled to like get it going in the old Big East just because it was such a gauntlet of a conference schedule that they just couldn't get it 
get it going in the way that they needed to in order to elevate themselves. They've used this restart, this new Big East, to elevate their brands, and the schools have run with it, and it's been such a success. I'm just really excited to just be a part of that again. Yeah, you talk about the dunk. I think uh, John Fanta for and for those who don't know, who John Fanta is he's a big uh, Big East guy. He covers Big East uh, for Fox. He has uh, his Twitter account. I think it's at John Fanta or something like that. And uh, he was asked the other day, "What's what's like the most intimidating crowd?" And I think he picked the dunk. I, I'm I could be mistaken, but I'm pretty sure he picked the dunk because he he just kept went on and said how hard it is for teams to go in and get and get wins. I mean, you look at Villanova and teams like that; they've struggled at at the dunk and. It's amazing too, especially with you know how much better Villanova technically really is compared to Providence. So what Ed Cooley's doing there is 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 really amazing. So and I think I would have to go with them as well if if I'm picking a team that I I want to see or see UConn play the most is probably Providence of the old teams because it's still you still get those fights online on Twitter just like the old days where you know UConn fans and Providence fans are arguing over who's better and. You know, UConn's better, so I, I don't know where the argument comes for Providence, but it's still it's still a fun and, and heated rivalry between the two. Yeah, the, the arguments just happen on Twitter now instead of in person in the old days, yeah. you know, the new age mm-hmm. of social media. But, um, yeah, Providence, they, they, they don't have much to say. They have, a two what, two NCAA tournament wins since 1999? <laughs> I mean, come on, that's embarrassing. Anyway, we're moving on. But, um, so... Uh, Looking back, okay, at the Big East, who was a player in the old Big East, I can think of a few that come to mind for myself, that you remember really just like they just bothered you and they were just a guy that always a thorn in the side of, of uh, UConn and maybe someone that's like in, in a story or something that's personal to you about uh, why this player or whatever. I Ben Hansborough always sticks out to me because it just I still it still bothers me to this day that Kemba didn't win Big East Player of the Year in 2011. It's it's Hansborough. I hate his brother, and I just just I can't I can't stand them. I've never liked him. He always he always played very well against UConn. Uh, I believe they beat them on uh, see, it was senior night for UConn in 2011 before they went on the historic five wins five win run and then the NCAA tournament run. So. Ben Hansborough, even though Notre Dame is not in the Big East anymore, I still probably my most hated. You know that's a that's a good one, and and honestly, right when it comes to mind, there were a couple that I immediately thought of, um, just as being f- like frustrating players, like Luke Herringody always seemed to have great games mm-hmm. against UConn. I remember um, Marshawn Brooks, right from Providence. I remember one game he had like thirty something against UConn. Uh, I, I believe he was at Gamble. He was always a guy like pro- those Providence teams weren't very strong, but it always kept them in the game. But the one I'm going to have to go with, I think, is Dewan Blair, just because how much of a thorn in the side he was of that 2009 UConn team that uh, went to the Final Four led by Thabit. And when Dyson went down earlier in the year and Thabit really had to carry that team down the stretch and carry him to the Final Four, Dewan Blair was the one guy who just seemed to give the beat fits both times that they played. And obviously the moment, the one moment in everyone's mind is when Blair um, basically pinned uh, to beats arm and threw him over his shoulder uh, on a rebound. I I think that it sticks out to everybody, but he was one that just always personally really irked me. Um, 
I don't know. He, he, he was a guy and, you know, he, he carved out a, a pretty good career in the NBA too. I believe he played for the San Antonio Spurs for a little bit. Um, also can't be forgotten. Can't be remiss to say, and I honestly believe this. I don't know if there's ever been one Syracuse player who I look back on and I'm like, you know what? Like, I really liked that guy. I liked his game. Like, I can't even think of any guys in the NBA who are like, wow, I really like his game. Like, I, I think he was a great player. Like, all these Syracuse's, I don't even, it's, it's just ridiculous how everyone seems to praise them, but their NBA uh, pool, I guess you could say, kind of embarrassing, honestly. The trash players. And, and McNamara was overrated, Bayheim. You could you could write that down in the book. McNamara, overrated player. I hate him. I hate everybody that's ever been to Syracuse. I, I just I even hate like sports commentators that go to Syracuse, even though most of like ninety five percent of them go to Syracuse. It's just everything about Syracuse irks me. Uh, I wish we'd still play them, but they're too soft, and Beheim doesn't want to uh, schedule us because he's got so you know he's, they, they schedule so tough there in the early going. And I know the ACC is going to that twenty game schedule as well, but you know find the spot to play us. We're your true rival, not not Georgetown. Well, I guess that'll be a, a talk for another day. But moving on, looking forward to playing at Madison Square Garden again, especially in the Big East tournament. Definitely miss playing. Um, and those get those days. I just think about all the memories that I have as a kid watching games at Madison Square Garden, the Kemba step back, basically that whole 2011 run. But it, it just so it's just so fun to look at highlight reels of old Big East tournaments and watching the games, especially during this uh, this COVID stuff. You know, I've been watching a lot of old UConn games, and I just I'm looking forward to making more memories at Madison Square Garden again. Yeah, you go if you go on UConnHuskyGames.com and you start watching some of those old Big East tournament games. It's just it's a wild atmosphere for UConn fans. It didn't matter when it was the '90s, the 2000s, the you know the 10s where we had the the 2011 run. UConn fans show up at Madison Square Garden and they just bring it. And and the games are just they're just epic games. You know whether we win or lose, it's just it seems like we're we've been a part of the most historic games in Big East history. You know whether it's six overtime game, whether it's the five day run. You know the Ray Allen shot. It's just it, the list goes on and on. And and UConn fans and and the Garden and UConn basketball. It just all goes together. It just makes sense. And that's what was just such a shame in this whole AAC thing was. You know, you know, it's okay. You don't play at Madison Square Garden, but you know, the next closest arenas for the the conference tournament in the years where it wasn't in Hartford was Memphis, uh, Orlando. Uh, it would have been in Dickey's Arena this year, uh, in in Houston or in Fort Worth. So, uh, it, it's 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 great that we're going to be finally playing at Madison Square Garden and playing in the mecca of basketball, or at least college basketball, because the Knicks are are garbage, but. It's it's going to be a lot of fun seeing UConn fans taking the train up and and having a fun time at the Garden. I can't wait to walk right through those doors again and walk out and see the insignia on the on the uh, center court of the big for the Big East tournament and having UConn playing in that again. I, I really look forward to that. Yeah, there's nothing like going up those escalators and just the whole. That, there's just something about being there. It just feels different than anything else. I don't. I don't know how to explain it for people that have never been to Madison Square Garden or ever seen games there. It's just. It's just special. It just has. There's just. I don't know. It, it's just something about the building, man. I feel like the best way to say it is. It just feels right. Yeah. So 
I think that's a good place to wrap it up right there. Um, obviously, we thank everyone for listening, and we're sorry for the long gap between podcast episodes. But going forward, we're going to do our best to put out as many episodes as we can. Obviously, we'll have we'll probably do one or two more as the summer goes on, and we'll have a preview to the season on. So yeah, so hopefully everyone's doing well with you and all the COVID and and every in this crazy times that we live in. You know, we thank everyone for listening and go Huskies. <laughs>